You're listening to the Run Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. We talk sports because we know sports. Hi, how are you? Welcome to another episode of the Run Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. I am Doc Holliday, and I'm rolling solo today. Got a little NBA we're going to talk about. Got a little NBA Eastern Conference playoffs and Western Conference playoffs, semifinals in each conference going on. We had two games. We'll have four great teams playing. Sixers took on the Heat in game three as that series moved to Philadelphia. And the Suns. Phoenix Suns taking on the Dallas Mavericks as that series moves to Dallas. Miami went to Philadelphia, up two games to none over Philadelphia. The Suns went to Dallas, up two games to none over the Dallas Mavericks. But those teams that were down 0-2, playing at the crib. Philadelphia 76 is not only playing at the crib, getting their big dog back, getting their MVP candidate back, who's probably going to be MVP because if you looked at how Philadelphia 76 has played the first two games of this series, this Eastern Conference semifinal series against the Miami Heat, they got dominated. They got beat 0-2. But they got Joel Embiid back in game three. Joel Embiid had been missing the first two games of this series because he got a broken face and he got a concussion. And on top of that, before he had the broken, got the broken face and suffered the concussion, he was dealing with the thumb injury. What he need, he's going to have to have surgery to repair a ligament in his right thumb. So he was already dealing with that in their first round series against Toronto. And then late in a game when they were up like 30, he stayed in the game and got hit in the face. So he broke his face. Pascal Siakam broke his face. And gave him a concussion. So he was out the first two games against Miami. And Philadelphia missed him. They missed him. And the Miami Heat took advantage of that. Took advantage of that, of that so much. And one person in particular took advantage of that. Heat big man, Bam Adebayo. First of all, let me say, Philadelphia beat their ass 99 and 79. They beat him by 20. So now the series is two games to one. Let me say that first. And Joel Embiid is the big reason why. Well, Joel Embiid is the reason why they won this ball game. Now, he didn't have the greatest offensive ball game, but he played 36 minutes. He hadn't really conditioned in about five, six, seven days because he hadn't played. Dealing with that broken face, dealing with that concussion. So he comes back. Now, some national media members, Kendrick Perkins said he should have shut it down. They shouldn't have played him at all. Save him to next year. Now, as far as I'm concerned, how much sense does that make? Players play for the postseason. This is what they play for. Now, if it was a torn ligament in his knee or a torn hamstring or muscle or something like that, but it was something that he could cover his face up with the mask, which he did. If he passed concussion protocol, which he did, he was able to play. So we played. So Joel MB comes back with the mask on his face, and he was a huge boost to the Philadelphia 76ers. He comes back, scores 18 points, 11 rebounds, as I said, played 36 minutes. And it wasn't just his offensive presence. It was his defensive presence, just him being there, moving his feet, being that big old dude in the middle of the, 
in the middle of the paint, Joel Embiid is a big old dude. You ever see that dude in person? That's a big dude. He makes Jimmy Butler look little. He makes Bam Adebayo look little. And Bam is a big dude. But Joel Embiid, to be that big and to be able to move the way he moves, just the Philadelphia 76ers getting him back, that's all they needed. They beat Miami by 20 points. Now, Joel Embiid did have some help. But I want to talk about how his presence, what it did to heat big man Bam Adebayo. Because Big Bam was just banging on uh, Philadelphia in those first two games. He dominated them. Game one, Bam had 24 points, 12 rebounds. Game two, Bam had 23 points, nine rebounds. So that's an average of 23 and a half points, 10 and a half rebounds in the first two games against the Philadelphia 76ers. But 76ers didn't have big dog in the middle. So Bam had his way. He was dominating Philly. Big dog came back in game three. Wasn't no dominating going on with Bam. Bam only had nine points, three rebounds, played 34 minutes, had five fouls. Now, why do you think that is? Because Big MB was back. Not only was Big MB keeping Bam off the boards, averaging 10 and a half rebounds the first two games, held to three rebounds in game three, only nine points, played 34 minutes, had five fouls. Who you think he was fouling? Who are you trying to guard? MB. And Embiid was just not only Dean Bam Dottabayo up. I mean, he was just a presence in the middle of that Philadelphia 76 uh, defense. And there was really nothing they could do. But he got some help. Danny Green, who I, who, who I actually talked about earlier during the game, game three, he missed a shot. I was like, Danny Green has forgotten how to shoot. Because he used to be automatic from outside. I said, he's forgotten how to shoot. Well, I'd be damned. Right after I said that, he, he remembered how to shoot. Danny Green comes up big with 22, 21 points for Philadelphia. Seven to nine from field goals. Danny Green hit seven to nine, seven of the nine shots he took. Field goals. But those field goals, he took all threes. Danny Green was seven to nine from three-point range. Ties a career playoff record with seven threes for him. 21 points. All 21 of his points coming from behind the three-point range, which was huge because they need him to be that support player. Another star who was really a support player, now James Harden, 17 points, four, 11 field goals, just one and seven for three-point range. He's still not shooting well. And just to see James Harden moving out there, I'm telling you, it looks like he needs to be placed back on the charge. Instead of 5G, he, instead of 5G, he looks like 2G. Instead of having five bars, he looked like he got two bars. But he did show some quickness a couple of times. Explode to the basket, got a layup. But other than that, James Hardy can't, he, you know, he really can't get past anybody anymore. But they didn't need him. What he gave them, he gave them something that they needed because he hit a couple, he hit a couple of uh, 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 big shots when they needed him to. But the young royal that's absolutely balling for Philadelphia is Tyrese Maxey. This young man plays with so much confidence. This young man plays with so much dog in him. Tyrese Maxey had 21 points, all 21 of his points coming after halftime. He had zero points in the first half. 
But in the second half, Tyrese Maxey, seven of eight field goals, five of five from three-point range, 21 points, absolutely hooping. And it ain't just his hooping. It's the energy he provides, not only the Philadelphia 76ers, but the energy he provides for that crowd because he looks like he's having fun out there. And he's having fun out there. And his players feed off their young energy, their young fearlessness. He's so young, he don't even know he's supposed to be nervous. He don't even know he's in the playoffs. He don't know that young players, they're supposed to be nervous in the playoffs. He don't know that because he don't know no better. He just goes out there and hoops, which is what they need him to do. But he has a nice game. He's so explosive. He's so quick. He hit one going to the left free throw line, fade away off one foot. I mean, he, I mean, the young man has a plethora of moves. He's a very, very impressive guy, and Philadelphia is going to have to pay him. They're going to have to pay him. But the Heat did get a big game out of that big star, Jimmy Butler, 33 points, nine rebounds, 12 or 22 from the field, just one of five and three-point range. But Jimmy Butler, you got five starters on the NBA team now. He was the only starter in double figures. There's only two Miami Heat players finished the game in double figures. Six-man of the year, Tyler Hero. He was the other one with 14 points. But that was it. Jimmy Butler, 33 points, did what he's supposed to do. But that was it. Sixers dominated the, uh, dominated the Miami Heat on the boards. Snatched 44 to 35 for Miami. Miami didn't shoot the three worth a damn. They just didn't shoot worth a damn. I think their 79 points is just one point more than their season low total. I think their season low is 78 points. They were held to 79 points in game three after looking so impressive in the first two games. And even though they played well and look impressive, that's what they were supposed to do. They're the higher seed. They're the, they're the one seed. And they were playing at home. So they was really supposed to win those two games. But they looked so good, and they was play, but they was playing against the Philadelphia 76ers team that has the MVP playing for them. Did it, didn't play. So they were supposed to win those games. So my pick for MVP this year comes back and the Sixers beat the Heat by 20. But just having Embiid out there boosted their confidence. It's the difference when you go on the court knowing you got your big dog. Even if he don't play well, you know you have him. That gives you even more confidence. You play harder. You play with more conviction. You play with more swag. Not, not to say they don't play hard when they don't have their big dog, but I'm telling you, it's a different mental state when you know you got a real, real chance to win when you got them. Without them, you're going to go out there and play and you hope you win. But deep down, you don't have any expectations to win, but you hope you win. But with MB, oh, we got a chance to win. That's why they had to feel good. We lost two games in Miami. Okay, cool. We didn't have, we didn't have, our, we didn't have our best player. We get our best player. We, we, we step up our games just a little bit. He'll probably be, he'll probably be about 60 or 70%. And he still scored 18 points and 11 boards because he's just that big. He's he just the presence. Just his presence out there. 
And that's how Philadelphia is. And that's how you know the MVP. Without Embiid, they ain't. But with him, they legit. And the record during the regular season shows that. In the regular season, when Philadelphia had Embiid, they were 45 and 23. During the playoffs, they've been four and two. Now they're five and two with him. Without Embiid in the regular season, they were six and eight. Without him in the playoffs, they were 0 and two. That's the epitome of the most valuable player. Because most valuable player means most valuable to the team. And without Philadelphia, without Embiid, the Sixers don't stand a chance. With Embiid, they stand all kinds of chances because he makes up for a lot of mistakes. He can carry a lot. And he can do a lot. So his mere presence helped Philadelphia take down the heat by twinking. And Big Bam, who, who played so well those first two games, that came to a halt. When Big Dog came back and said, no, man, I own the paint. The paint is mine. I didn't even rent it to you the first two games. I was just letting you hang out because I was chilling. But now I'm back. That's my real estate. Add that to the fact Miami didn't shoot the ball well. You take 33s and just hit seven of them. But, you know, Tyler Hero gives him 14 points off the bench. That's what he does. But how the hell are you going to be – how are you going to beat a team like Philadelphia, man, when you're shooting that only – one starter in double figures. Kyle Lowry came back for the Heat, but see, it didn't matter. But Jimmy Butler, only starter in double figures, and they got, they, got, they got their breaks beat in. They got their heads beat in by 20, 99 and 79. The second game of the night – was the Phoenix Suns and Dallas Mavericks. Dallas Mavericks were down 0-2-2. Yeah, 0-2-2. You know what 0-2-2 means? 0-2, then 2. Well, how about I say that Dallas Mavericks were down 0-2 as well. How about that? That sound better. But they was back at the crib. And they went to the crib playing with a lot, a lot of energy. A lot of we got to get this doneness. And they did. They came out on Phoenix' head right from the jump, and they stayed on their head. On their head. And Dallas got the dub, one hundred and three to ninety-four. And they played really, really good basketball, and they took care of the basketball. Dallas got one of the best players in the league, Luka Doncic. I mean, he's just big dudes, just so big and strong, and he's so skilled. It's like he be moving, he be moving in slow motion. But I don't see you can't guard him one on one. It's almost impossible. It's almost now he throws it, but one thing about him, he throws a lot of interceptions, but you can't guard him. And he was working 26 points, 13 rebounds, nine assists. But you look, he only won 11 to 25 from the field. That's the thing about Luka Duncan. He misses a lot of shots, but the shots he hits seem like they'd be big shots, they'd be like emotional turning shots. But he misses a lot of shots, but the shots he do hit, you'd be like, God dang, he, I mean, he was. They were trying to guard him. He was just banging. He, he was banging Mikael Bridges' chest a couple of times. And Cam Johnson, I mean, boom, boom, boom. Big old thick dude, man. But Dallas stayed on Phoenix, got on Phoenix, and stayed on Phoenix. And what I said, they took care of the basketball. Game one against Phoenix. Dallas, 26 turnovers. 
Game two against Phoenix, Dallas, 26 turnovers. Game three against Phoenix, Dallas, eight turnovers. So when you take care of the basketball, that gives you a better chance of winning the game. I mean, that's some, that's some, high, that's some high, high, high dollar analysis I just gave you right there. And that's what it was. It, it, you coupled that with the fact that Chris Paul, didn't, it, was, it, was, it was his 37th birthday. Chris Paul, instead of receiving birthday gifts, he was giving them joints out, and he was giving them out to Dallas. He was giving birthday presents out to the Dallas Mavericks, something that he just doesn't do. Chris Paul just was off. This Chris Paul, who rarely has any turnovers, I think through the first two games, he had four turnovers total. Chris Paul has seven turnovers in the first half. This Chris Paul we're talking about now, the 17-year veteran, I salute Chris Paul. Because in the 2005 NBA draft, Chris Paul is the only first-rounder still in the NBA. And only two of those players from that draft are still in the league, Chris Paul and Lou Williams. It ain't the fact that Chris Paul is still in the league. He's still, in the, he's still an all-star with all-star talent and still hooping. But on his 37th birthday, I mean, he was being generous. He was being giving. Had 12.7 rebounds, seven turnovers in one half. Hell, seven turnovers in one game is a lot. Well, seven turnovers in two games is pretty much a lot for Chris Paul. But he had seven turnovers in the first half. He didn't turn the ball over in the second half, but pretty much the damage had been done because Dallas was hot. They, was excited. they were excited. They were motivated. And Phoenix didn't play well. Devin Booker who is a straight hooper, he had 18 points, only took 13 shots, four, six, and three-point range. So I'd like to see him get some more shots. But also, Dallas dominated the points in the paint, even though, you know, Phoenix got big DeAndre Aiden in there. And DeAndre Aiden is impressive, man. Long body dude, tall dude. He was missing shots, too. Phoenix missed a lot of open shots. They were missing a lot of shots. They had a chance. But the fact that Dallas did a better job of taking care of the basketball, and they dominated Phoenix in the paint. The Mavs had 50 paint points. Phoenix had 32. So, what can you say? It was impressive. It was an impressive game by Dallas. They did what they were supposed to do. They got a dub. Now it's two games to one. But Luca, he got some help from the point guard, Jalen Brunson, 28 points, four boards. And Reggie Bullock. I mean, Reggie Bullock, 15 points, four, two, 10 from three point range. It's, it looked like him and Dorian fin Finney Smith were just knocking down big shots every time you looked around. Not just big shots, but knocking down big threes every time you looked around. It was like anytime Dallas needed a shot, them, one of them dudes was hitting it. Luca got some help. Dallas got a dub. Phoenix didn't play well. Phoenix took an L. I still think Phoenix gonna win this ball game, though, because I don't expect Chris Paul to play like that again. I expect Devin Booker to get more shots. I expect Monty Williams to have them come out coming out ready to play. That's what I expect. That's what I expect. 
But yeah. But Luca, man, he just be pounding, dudes, bro. That man just pounding into their chest. He be working. That's a strong dude. He look like he looked like the Hulk one time. But he's truly, truly an impressive basketball player. But you get him and Jalen Brunson on the same page. Because Jalen Brunson has to have the ball, but Luka Duncan has to have the ball. Jalen Brunson is the point guard, but Luka Duncan runs the point a lot of the times. But you get them on the same page, you got some. And I also want to talk about my Grizzlies, Golden State Warriors. They're in San Francisco. That series has moved to San Francisco. Game three of that. Western Conference semifinal matchup, 1-1. Golden State came and got one, got the first game. The Grizzlies got the second game. But going into game three, Grizzlies getting Steven Adams back, the big man. He's been out, COVID protocol. He'll be playing his first game this series. But the Grizzlies will be playing without Dylan Brooks. NBA suspending Dylan Brooks for game three for a hard foul, a flagrant two he made on Gary Payton, the second in game two. Now, that was early in the game, too. Dylan Brooks hurt GP2. GP2 was out on the break. Draymond gave a nice little pass. GP2 uh, went up. Dylan Brooks hit him hit him in the head. GP2 landed, tried to break his fall, ended up breaking his elbow. And it was a hard foul. Dylan Brooks deserved to get ejected, but I didn't expect him to be suspended. But after the news cycle, the whole 24-hour news cycle, and all the media members saying how much he should be punished, suspended, NBA decided to suspend him. So. You know, Dylan Brooks is the main defender on Steph Curry and the like. So that's something that the Grizzlies got to overcome. But Golden State still got to figure out, they got to overcome John Moran. That's something they ain't figured out. But really, you know, to be fair, no one in the NBA has figured it out. So I'm curious to see what Golden State going to do because in game one, Ja gave him 34, 10, and 9. Game two, we hit him with 47 because there's, there's no one. They, there's, they, they don't have anyone that can stop John Morant. Gary Payton, the second, was the one they was ha- they were putting on him. But unfortunately, you know, he's hurt. He'll be out for the rest of the postseason. Broken elbow, I hate that. And the Grizzlies been getting up. Bad rap by some people talking about they're a dirty team. Grizzlies not a dirty team. They play hard, man. Dylan Brooks, they've been calling Dylan Brooks a dirty player, not a dirty player. That was an unfortunate play. I think he got, well, I ain't don't think he got a little bit, he got over aggressive. He might have been a little pissed off, but he didn't hurt Gary Payton the second on purpose. He wasn't trying to knock him out of the air. And he definitely wasn't trying to hit him in the head. He wasn't. So that's going to be interesting because that 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 series is getting a little, little touchy. Look, Golden State Warriors fans, they, they've been acting a little tough, too, on social media. I'd be like, hold on, man. Y'all the San Francisco Golden State Warriors fans, not the Oakland Warriors fans. If y'all were the Oakland Warriors fans, then that'll make the Grizzlies fans because we from Memphis. Oakland kind of reminds you of Memphis. At least the Oakland Warriors fans would be like, okay, what's up? San Francisco Warriors fans say something. We just laugh. Like, man, get out of here. Y'all ain't gonna do Go drink some wine or something. Go, go make an app. Go make an app. Make an app. 
Go make a social media app. That's what y'all do. But they've been talking tough. And I think, I think it's because they're nervous and they're scared. See, they've been winning for so long. Golden State Warriors and their fans, they've been winning for so long. Now they're scared because for the first time, the Grizzlies have a legitimate superstar. It's the first time in the history of the Grizzlies franchise that they've been to Memphis that we have a superstar. John Moran is a superstar. This is really our first time having a star. Because when, 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 when cats play for the Grizzlies, they be stars in Memphis. They don't really be stars around the world, I mean, around the country. John Morant is a star around the country, and pretty soon he'll be a star around the world. See, Golden State got theirs with Steph Curry. See, now Memphis has theirs, and they're afraid that Jar's about to take that shine. And he's about to build the Grizzlies up like Steph did Golden State. Because Steph is the key piece to that. So now we got a Steph-like star, a Steph-like building foundation. And John Warriors fans mad about that. So they just been lashing out and acting up like, dang, man, y'all multiple championship winners. Why y'all so angry? What y'all afraid of? Oh, y'all afraid of John. That's who they're afraid of. So they've been acting out, acting all out of character. Get back in character. Quit being so nasty, Golden State Warriors fans. Stop it. Y'all ain't about that life. Give us some red wine. Now, well, yeah, a lot of now we want we want whiskey and we want that whiskey and that hen and Remy in Memphis. They want they want they want that whiskey and, and, and him and Remy in uh Oakland. But in San Francisco, they want that wine. Go make an app and shut your mouth. Leave us be and let us play. But that has, become, that has turned into a very, very touchy, touchy series. A very, very touchy two teams rivalry. And I don't even know if the Warriors fans want to call it, call it a rivalry, but it is. It's a rivalry. It's reached rivalry levels. Because as long as I've been covering sports here in Memphis, I ain't never known the Grizzlies and Warriors fans to be this nasty with one another. And it's really Warriors fans. They just making Grizzlies fans react and respond. Like, oh my gosh, are y'all serious? Are y'all saying the things that y'all are saying? Calm down. But game three is in San Francisco. Not Oakland, what the Oracle was. San Francisco. And it should be interesting. Grizzlies getting Steven Adams back, big dog. That should, that should help Jai out a lot because Steven be. Steven Adams, we setting them screens for Ja. He can erase some of that tough guy stuff Golden State be doing because I think there's only one player on their team. I think if it came down to it, he'd be about their work. That's Draymond. And a lot of Grizzlies fans don't like Draymond. I like Draymond because Draymond, he's another one of those players. If he's on your team, you love him. If he ain't on your team, you hate him. And the reason why you hate him, because he plays tough and he plays hard for his team. And he don't back down from anyone. It's the kind of guy you want on your team. But if he ain't on your team, you, you don't like him. I don't dislike him. I'm pulling against him because I'm pulling, pulling for the Grizzlies. But it's interesting. Game three, series tied at one game apiece. We shall see. And the other game on Saturday, that's the Bucks and the, Bucks and the uh, Celtics. 
That series tied up in one game apiece, though, but that series shifts to Milwaukee. So Giannis Antetokounmpo dominated the Celtics in game one. Jalen Brown dominated Giannis Antetokounmpo in the Bucks in game two. So we'll see how game three goes. But I like the Suns and Mavs. I still like the Suns to win. Them. For sure. I don't see nothing else happening. Sixes and Heat. I, don't, I'm, I mean, I'm just... I, Because think about the Suns. Chris Paul is not going to have another game where he have seven turnovers in one half. Then Devin Booker added five turnovers. So they had 12 turnovers combined, starting backcourt. All-stars, hoopers. But that's it, you know. And for, you know, people, I don't know if they've been paying it. You know, uh, yeah, I, had a little, you know I had a little thing going on with Kendrick Perkins because I've been criticizing the criticizers and they don't like that he got a little sensitive. They got a little sensitive. The criticizers don't like to be criticized, but I'm going to continue to do it because they go over and beyond sports. So all the dudes on TV who be analyzing basketball games and football games and sporting events and breaking down and talking about cats, I'm going to talk about the talk about us. Stephen A. Smith, Kendrick Perkins, Skip Bayless, Shannon Sharp, Colin Cowherd. I'm, I'm listening. I'm missing some old oh, Shaq, Barkley. Oh, I'm listening, especially to you, Barkley. I'm listening. Ernie Johnson. See, Ernie Johnson be throwing rocks and hiding his hands. He like to fire and be like, oh, where that smoke coming from? He does that. And even Kenny Smith be getting in on it. So I'm listening. Reggie Miller, I got to listen to you too now because you, you, you just said some unfair things about some people. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that. So a lot of that happens on my Twitter. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's, it's at the underscore Doc Holiday. That's holiday with two L's. And my Instagram is at the Doc Holiday Show, because that's another show I got over on YouTube. Just like I got the run pass option. This podcast got a YouTube channel for it, me and Isaac Bruce. So you can subscribe to that, follow that. But yeah. So I'm gonna be criticizing the criticizers. I'm going to be watching. Going to be watching, but thank you all for listening. And that's gonna do it for another great episode of the Ron Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce is absent. And Doc Holliday until next time. Hold on. You know what? I'm, I forgot. I'll be forgetting to tell y'all. We talk sports because we know sports. I'm out. <laughs>